Welcome to Leadership Conversations, a podcast by the Sustainability Board Report. Join us as we engage in conversations with business and civil society leaders, educators and advisors discussing the role of sustainable leadership in today's world. The Sustainability Board Report is an independent, not-for-profit project. We aim to showcase different dimensions of sustainable business leadership and corporate governance. We publish reports to help individual leaders, organizations and investors to understand the changing landscape of environmental, social and governance factors. Welcome to a new episode of Leadership Conversations. My name is Frederick Otto and I'm here with Helena Gutjensdottir. Today we welcome Kayla Wynarski-McKenzie of BSR, the Business for Social Responsibility. Kayla is a recognized human rights expert and is talking to us about the importance of organizations paying attention to human rights, which might sound like common sense, but as we will hear from Kayla, that is often not the case. Helena, I know that you have been recently spending some time on human rights issues as well, and can imagine you have found the conversation quite insightful. What were your highlights? No, absolutely, Freddie. As you said, I'm very passionate about human rights, and I really enjoyed hearing her passion for the topic, her journey into her role today, where she's helping businesses understand human rights issues across their footprint. But what I think is interesting and what we can see from her journey is that she's managed to merge the corporate world with her passion for human rights. And she starts off highlighting how human rights are almost at a crisis point. We've had the pandemic, we're in conflict, political uh, polarization and so on. There's changing regulatory landscape. She shares some insight into industries, tech, finance, and other industries. And of course, she does mention the involvement of boards and senior leadership and how important it is their involvement on this key issue. Myself, I work in the realm of ESG and finance, and human rights is becoming an ever-increasing topic in the research I do and all the conversations we're having. So I know, Freddie, you had a conversation with Kayla that revolved around ESG and human rights. It would be like, nice if you could share some insight on that. Most of our listeners will know that we usually spend a lot of time around ESG. And Kayla said to me after the recording, oh, we actually didn't get to speak much about ESG. And I said, oh, yeah, you were right. I think we only mentioned it briefly. And she said to me, look, it is really important to note that human rights is not part of any one letter it is a complement to ESG. So for example, she said the E, environment, climate change obviously is a major threat to human rights and the right to a healthy environment is fundamental, right? The S is already closely associated with human rights, but prominent examples include child labor, human trafficking. And then on G, governance, the rule of law and corruption are highly relevant to human rights, of course and both as enablers of rights or rights within themselves. And then she gave me one more example, which I thought was illustrating that quite vividly. So if you think about solar panels being built on indigenous graves, that might appear as ESG compliant, because obviously solar panels are environmentally friendly, but it is still violating human rights. So I think these were just a couple of really good points to not try to package human rights within ESG in any of those letters, but really making sure that it is regarded as a complement and that ESG and human rights go hand in hand and the conversations go hand in hand as well. I really like that extra piece from her. 
I really hope our listeners enjoy today's episode. Uh, listen to it with an open mind and see what takeaways you could bring into your organizations and make sure that we think about human rights intertwined with all our regular day-to-day -day business activities. Let's go to today's episode. On today's episode of Leadership Conversation, we welcome Kayla Wynarski-McKenzie. Kayla collaborates with global companies on projects centering on the corporate responsibility to respect human rights as a manager in the human rights team at Business for Social Responsibility, BSR, where she is also the project manager for BSR's Human Rights Working Group. Her areas of expertise include consumer sectors, energy transition, anti-corruption, and gender. Prior to joining BSR, Kayla spent several years advising multinational companies and investors on human rights as an advisor at the Danish Institute for Human Rights, during which she also served as a lecturer in law at the University of Amsterdam, focusing on business and human rights, BHR, international human rights, anti-corruption, and EU law. Previously, she worked on global anti-corruption investigations and cross-border white-color litigations as an associate attorney at the international law firm King and Spalding LLP, where she was the founding member of the firm's BHR initiative. Kayla is also a fellow of the Salzburg Global Seminar. Kayla, thanks so much for joining us today. Absolutely. It's great to see you. Kayla, I've just read out your bio, but could you tell us a little bit more about your background and the work that you do in your own words? Absolutely. And thanks so much for the opportunity to share a little bit more there, a little bit about the journey. So as you noted, I started my career as an attorney at a large international law firm. Going into law school, I always knew that I had a passion for human rights This emerged really since I was a kid, but especially crystallized when I was in university studying the Holocaust, and I knew that there needed to be stronger systems and institutions in place. At the same time, when I was studying law, when I was studying human rights, I knew that there was so much power and intrigue from the corporate world, and I always looked for opportunities to merge the two of them. When I started at my law firm, I was in, as you noted, the anti-corruption group, because to me, this was the closest nexus between business and human rights. But while I was working at the law firm, this concept of business responsibility to respect human rights and this attention towards businesses for human rights violations was really coming into force and was coming into attention And the conversations that I was having about human rights were taken a lot more seriously. So that gave me the opportunity to develop a stronger area of expertise on business and human rights at the firm, and then eventually transition out. My first career focusing exclusively on business and human rights was at the Danish Institute for Human Rights. And then after the COVID-19 pandemic and, and living abroad for a few years, it was time for me to come home to New York. And that was when I started working at BSR. So BSR is a nonprofit sustainability consulting firm that works with our many, many member companies on these issues. I sit within our human rights team. So I partner with global businesses for conversations about respecting human rights throughout their footprint both individually and also collaboratively by working on our human rights working group, 
where I work with a big coalition of the willing, um, over 55 companies to convene these types of dialogues on business and human rights. A very noble profession indeed. I can imagine it's quite the calling. Kayla, I have found in conversation with clients that human rights is coming up more and more often, for better or worse, it probably should have been so decades ago. Right. You were just mentioning that you are working with quite respected organizations on these topics. When we are looking at more tier two or tier three companies, this is probably still something very new. So why do business leaders have to worry about human rights and to what extent? Absolutely. So businesses, regardless of their size, as you noted, impact human rights wherever and however they operate. This is just a fact. And people are becoming more and more aware of this, and businesses are being held more and more accountable. It goes without saying that human rights are absolutely in crisis right now. We're looking at shocks from the pandemic, war and conflict in Ukraine and Iran, political polarization, the list really goes on. But we're also seeing that businesses are being linked to this more and more. We're in the middle of a rapidly changing regulatory landscape. So we're seeing expectations from investors shifting. We're seeing movement towards mandatory human rights due diligence. And we're seeing all of these legislations being handed down, mainly in Europe, but really across the globe, where businesses, regardless of their sophistication and, and understanding, are expected to act. I think I would be amiss in talking about business and human rights if I didn't mention that all of this dialogue that we're having, all of these expectations are underpinned by a set of guidelines called the UN Guiding Principles on Business and Human Rights. This was handed down by the United Nations in 2011 and is considered to be the authoritative framework for companies related to human rights. So increasingly, businesses are expected to understand the UNGPs, which state most broadly that the government has the duty to protect human rights, especially those impacted by businesses, and business has the responsibility to respect human rights. The third pillar is that there must be a, a process in place for remedy, but we'll really focus on that business respect for human rights piece. Um, and just to note that over time, these standards are becoming more and more essential and more and more imputed towards the understanding of businesses. Interesting. Now, if I'm a business in the EU, probably fair to say that statutory requirements are a little bit more pronounced in the EU than they are in the rest of the world. But nonetheless, in the US or wherever you want to look, there's obviously a large set of stakeholders that probably increasingly expects organization to look at human rights. So from an organizational perspective, where must businesses do better due diligence and where are you seeing the most pressing needs? Yeah. So first of all, I think your assertion is absolutely correct that this is a global focus. And when I talked about standards in Europe, this had nothing to do with reputation because that applies globally. So every company, regardless of where they're doing business, needs to be thinking about their reputation and, of course, moral obligations when it comes to human rights. I want to talk a little bit about what due diligence looks like for human rights, and then I'm happy to get into the specific areas that you noted. 
So the UNGPs that I mentioned earlier are quite explicit about the need to conduct human rights due diligence. This is a very specific term of art, essentially meaning that businesses need to be talking to the people whose lives they might be affecting. And it's a process by which businesses are expected to assess actual and potential human rights impacts and then integrate and act upon those findings, track their responses, and then communicate about how those impacts are being addressed. So just to note, there are very specific obligations when it comes to human rights due diligence within our field. In terms of specific areas, I think that's a great question because it can seem so overwhelming when these businesses are so massive and can have such huge implications. When I work with companies, we advise them to start with the issues that are the most severe. So where the harm is most likely, where the rights holders are the most at risk, and also to look at where they have the most leverage. So where they have the greatest ability to cause harm or to remediate harm. I'm also happy to talk about industries where we really see a strong need for human rights due diligence, but let me know if I'm, I'm misinterpreting the question. I would love to learn more about that. What's the industry component? Sure, sure. So, of course, human rights due diligence, as I discussed earlier, is essential everywhere. And there are major risks associated with any of the, the industries where a business operates. But there are also certain industries where we're seeing a lot of impacts and a lot of attention that have just really been on the, the forefront of freaking human rights news lately. Those industries are tech, financial services, the energy transition, and businesses that are working in conflict areas or conflict-affected areas. For tech, and we chatted a little bit earlier about the bots and, and AI that are coming out, tech creates a lot of opportunities to promote and protect human rights, like freedom of expression, um, information, and communication. But at the same time, it creates new risks and the possibility of violation of rights through surveillance, profile, discrimination, and restrictions on freedom of expression. In financial services, we see that this is a key area of focus. It can prevent risks and opportunities. So providing capital to markets um, gives an opportunity for an influence that can be harnessed to scale up respect for human rights across the economy. But we also see risks in how actors conduct themselves and whether or not human rights are coming into the equation. For the energy transition, there is a developing understanding that climate change is a major threat to human rights. But we also see companies that are working, for example, in renewable energy, overlooking the need for respecting human rights because they think that their products and services are already a net positive by being environmentally friendly. It's always the quiet ones, right? Um, and then finally, I'm having a lot of conversations lately about business in conflict areas. Of course, Russia and Ukraine is, is at the top of everyone's mind, but this is relevant really across the board. Businesses must play a role in not perpetuating conflict. And human rights due diligence, as I mentioned earlier, must be heightened when a business is working in a conflict zone. There's also the opportunity to look at how 
their business is being impacted and make sure that similar impacts going forward will not happen by being as prepared as possible for future crises. Really interesting. Thanks for sharing that, Kayla. And let me share something with you real quick. We had Fiona Reynolds, the former CEO of the Principle for Responsible Investment, also a UN initiative, on our show a couple of months ago. And she also chairs an initiative on modern slavery. I forgot mm -hmm. the name of it right now, but she said that they actually had two people that were modern slaves that managed to get out of it on their board in order to get the first-hand experience from these people and be most effective when raising awareness of these issues. So when you just mentioned that businesses need to talk to the people whose life they are impacting, I was thinking of that. And that actually leads me into my next question, and that is, what are the stakeholders that an organization best partners with to eradicate or mitigate human rights violations? Sure. So first, the lawyer in me has to caution against the idea of eradicating human rights violations. I think that's a bit of a huge aspiration given what we're working against. So I would start with mitigate, as you said, identify, assess, act upon, et cetera, et cetera. With my little caveat out of here, I would note that exactly as you said, broad stakeholder engagement is the key to human rights due diligence. Because, as we said, you need to communicate with the people on the ground. The groups that we usually highlight to speak to include employees, customers and consumers, suppliers, and local communities. But that is not an exclusive list at all. And then in terms of stakeholders to partner with in order to have these conversations, it's really important to work with people that are taking a human rights-based approach. So people that are making sure that human rights are integrated into every step of the process rather than just treating it as a check-the-box exercise. And of course, that's exactly the type of work that we're doing at BSR, working with organizations to have these conversations and dialogues. Okay, great. Perhaps we can spin the risk mitigation a little further now. When we look at risk in a way of doing less harm versus actual having positive impact, so actually doing good, if we now translate that into the human rights issues, where can organizations really help rather than just avoiding the problem? So this is another area where the UN guiding principles on business and human rights are very clear. They state that the focus really needs to be on remediating human rights violations before there can be any focus on additional positive impacts. The thought behind this is that it's really more important to have your own house in order before you take any additional actions on the subject. I was listening to your conversation with Laura Liswood, who's amazing, of course, and When she was talking about the illusion of inclusion on her appearance, it really reminded me of this because you don't want to give the impression that your business is respecting human rights and, and doing everything right by taking these positive actions when it's in fact violating them. As an example that I like to give of this, it would be very oppressive for a business to, for example, make a big show of sending a couple of girls to school while simultaneously underpaying its female employees 
perspective to men, right? It's it's more important to make sure that your internal process is being made. But that being said, being proactive and being vocal about human rights is a way for organizations to really help because they would be setting that tone at the top and making space for other organizations to do the same. Great. Let's stay with the tone on the top here at the Sustainability Board Report we're always trying to educate corporate boards as well on how they can be better prepared for environmental, social and governance, which human rights is very much part of, of course. Yes. In your eyes, what role do boards play to govern the process considering human rights better? And who are the key leaders driving this? The board plays a major role in respecting human rights. It's so important for boards to understand human rights so that they can be good corporate stewards. It's also essential, as we already discussed, for risk mitigation and for understanding major issues and risks, and also to help create a shared understanding and alignment between boards and management. So in this regard, management plays a big role in driving this, but there's already these expectations externally from investors and civil society. The expectation that board of directors be involved in these issues is really increasing, so much so that we actually have launched a service offering at BSR to work with boards on these topics because this issue is coming up again and again. Um, and actually, for further reference on this subject, I would be happy to point to some guidance from the World Economic Forum on Boards and Human Rights that BSR actually contributed to because the managing director of our human rights group, Jenny Vaughn, sits on the Global Future Council for Human Rights. And they have a launch blog, a guidance note, and a report that really extrapolates everything that, that I brought up here for future reference. Great. And we'll add these links to the show notes, of course, for our Thank audience. You. Okay, Kayla, almost at the end, and you've listened to the podcast before, so you know we always have two questions that are the same for every guest. Tends to be my favorite part. What is your favorite story of a particular leader or organization that had a big impact on yourself or society at large? What's your response? So the impacts and stories that inspire me the most are usually on the smaller scale or on a more human level. Not every company can be Patagonia and donate all of its profits to charity. And, and that's really okay. For me, just hearing that a small group of employees can demand better working hours or can keep the door open on the factory floor when they work at night is the most important because making an impact in a person's life, even one person, is key to making sure that human rights are respected. But that being said, and totally opposite of a small impact, I have been hugely impacted by the business response to Russia's invasion of Ukraine. This has been a major focus for us and, and personally of interest to me. As my name implies, I, I am Ukrainian-American, so I've been watching very closely. Seeing over a thousand businesses quickly and publicly take a stand against aggression is not only inspiring, but it's something that we hope will also create a paradigm shift going forward to set the stage for additional reactions to crises going forward. So it's really been heartening to see this reaction that business actors are not neutral and that business as usual is not acceptable at a time like this. 
Yes, agreed. Great response. Thank you for that. And then lastly, can you give our listeners one piece of advice that they can make part of their leadership toolkit and start applying today to set them up for more positive societal impact, whether that's in regards to human rights or not? So aside from what I mentioned earlier, that change is incremental, that's something that I usually share with people that are just starting out in the human rights field so they don't get too demoralized. My advice would be to understand that respecting human rights isn't a pipe dream or an aspiration or something that a group of hippies cooked up. It's a core responsibility. Put this in your toolkit. Treat human rights like a compliance issue rather than volunteering or PR or CSR. Human rights is absolutely key for compliance. I couldn't agree more. And also, it is just part of being human, isn't it? If I heard your very concise answers today as a business leader, I would think, wow, perhaps I should go back, speak to my chief risk officer, whoever it is, and try to understand a little bit better where these human rights violations, infringements, or risks are really lying in the organization, whether that's mandated by any particular stakeholder or any statutory requirements. It's just the right thing to do, right? Absolutely. The right thing to do and good business sense. Kayla, it's been an absolute pleasure speaking to you. It's a lot of good pieces that people can take away and really make a difference and that will help them to understand the issues a little bit better. Kayla Winarski, Mackenzie, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you for listening to this episode of Leadership Conversations. To follow our work and learn more about our reports, please check out our website, boardreport.org, and sign up to our newsletter. You can also find us on LinkedIn and Twitter. Details can be found in the podcast description. 